Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. tag event is going on all month long on all new and pre-owned vehicles at all of the carl auto group locations the carl auto group now has more locations more brands and more inventory to serve more of iowa being your dealer for life is not just a slogan it's a proven experience that's just better online at carlauto.com your dealer for life it's the car away it's the holiday season once again, and last year was different for all of us. But this year we decided to decorate, celebrate, and gather again as a family. Penny and I hope that you can celebrate with all your loved ones and enjoy your family traditions. This has been another great year at the Carl Auto Group, and we're so thankful for all of our great employees and customers. From our family to your family, thank you and happy holidays!
And that was really fancy. Well done, Matt Van Winkle. Bring yourself on real quick. Wave at everybody, Matty. Well done. What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining. <laughs> Good job, Matty. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, Digital Land with us here. Second annual bull preview show we have done here with Cycle and Fanatic. We appreciate you all joining us. Um, we've got great sponsors bringing us uh, Southern Carl Chevrolet ads. You'll see stuff from the Iowa Clinic, Fairway, Wild Rose Casino, and Graphite Construction Group as well. I'm Chris Williams, joined as always by right-hand man, Brett Bloom. What's up, Bloomy? How's hey, man. Going? Good to uh, be previewing the Cheez-It Bowl, just like we all thought. But uh, <laughs> Iowa excited. State and Clemson, we all had it tabbed. In a yes, bowl, yes, that know. was ex exactly what we thought. But uh, excited to get down to Orlando here uh, after a, a nice Christmas holiday and uh, excited to see the Fanatics down there in O-Town. No doubt about it. We'll break it down from all angles. A uh, couple guests coming up. And I wanted to have two very different types of guests. Uh, my X's and O's guy, he's the smartest football guy I've ever met. And I'm not buttering up to him. We'll bring him on here in just a minute. Ben Bruns is going to join us. It'll be good to hear from Ben. And he took, um, he no longer the sideline reporter for the network. So we haven't really heard a lot from him on the team this year. That'll be great. And then um, one of my dear friends, He's a little wacky, but I love him to death. He's probably, I, I think it's safe to say he has not watched Iowa State take a snap all season long. He's all about data. It's all about numbers. It's all about analytics with Dave Bartu, the college football matrix. He's going to join us in a little bit less than an hour. And I thought he'd help us with Clemson too, because this is Bloom, a very awkward bowl game, in my opinion. You take Brees Holloway from Iowa State. And then on top of that, you take two coordinators away from Clemson. Um, I mean, I think that both of these teams are fairly motivated to be here. I don't buy that Clemson's not. If you watch Dabo Sweeney's press conference this week, by the way, Dabo Sweeney gives he had like a 14-minute opening statement. He's the <laughs> polar opposite of Matt Cain. I'm not kidding. He talked for 14 minutes before taking questions from the media where Matt is just like, uh, all right, go ahead, guys. Um, I, I, I think that they won seven of eight to end the season. Like, I think that they kind of reset their calendar. I think that they're going to be ready to be there too. Um, but yeah, Bloom is just kind of a wacky game when you break it down that way. Yeah, it is. And you know, anytime in bowl games, it's just hard to predict, uh, one game to the next and every single game, it seems like has a storyline of either somebody opted out or you got a coordinator missing, or you've got a head coaching change. And the thing with Clemson is, you know, they're a young team. And so they're looking at, so they've won nine games, Chris. They've won 10 games or more every single year since 2011, which is really incredible if you think about it. Yeah. So this for them, it's a chance to get to that 10-win number, which is kind of that magic number for them. And they're looking at this like a game they had against Oklahoma in 2014 where they drilled Oklahoma. It was then the Russell Athletic Bowl in Orlando. Won that game 40-6. to six, And then that really set up the run of success beyond that. So they think with this group, uh, their big model of this, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm not a, a real uh, guy when it comes to trees, but their big thing is grow the bamboo during this bull prep, which essentially is it takes mm. time to grow bamboo. News to me, uh, but they're trying to get this young roster acclimated, and they think this will be a step off, step off point for them to next year and years beyond. Um, so I don't think for Clemson, it's a, it's, this is a big game for them too. You know, Obviously, Iowa State, the name for Clemson helps them a lot. You know, if these guys weren't motivated, I don't know if you're as motivated if you're playing a Wake Forest or a Pittsburgh, even though those teams are pretty good this year. 
But the fact you get Clemson, Iowa State's going to be ready to go too. And this would be a big-time bowl win and be the second straight big-time bowl win for Iowa State coming off the festival win against Oregon a year ago. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that from an Iowa State standpoint, clearly the Fiesta is a New Year's Six game. But I also think that beating Clemson and Dabo Sweeney would be a really marquee win for this program to hang its hat on, especially without Brees. Like, I think it would be even more of a bold statement when you look at next year. We can grow our bamboo as well. Water. I, I don't even wa- so apparently it's water the bamboo. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Ben Brown sent me sent me a text. He's like, this is a well, bring that- him in. Yeah, let's bring, let's him, bring him in. Bring him in. Uh, there's he- no point in having him out there. Yeah. Ben Bruns. What is up, what is brother? what is yes. water? What is watering the bamboo mean, Ben? You got when you when you water so bamboo takes like ten years to grow and it builds this root system that's crazy. And then, uh, and you don't see anything, right? Year after year after year, you go along and you see nothing. And then all of a sudden, uh, this this bamboo grows up out of uh, uh, this root base that is really well established, and it grows faster than any other uh, form of, um, uh, of of tree. And uh, it's super hard. It's super strong. Uh, and the point is that you got to get your base set before you uh, you know can can go on to the next thing. And you know, I think um, it's pretty fitting for them if, with a young team to try and reset and figure out how they set the table for the future to have that be their their motto. I'll say this real quick before we get into the game in Iowa State. Like I, I've always been like a, I feel like you love or hate Dabo. I've call I've kind of always hated Dabo. Was where I landed. I, I will. I will say I've been studying him. And I, I would really like to cover the guy. His press conferences are great. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's changed my opinions on the man, but like there was something refreshing about a guy. You just sit there and he's he's like thanking the media for their time. He was very kind, you know, and like he, it, it was it was great. I, do you do you love or hate Dabo? We got to go around the horn here before we can get into the game. Blue, go ahead, we'll let you, right, go ahead Ben. What, love or hate Dabo? Oh, no, I'll step in here. I'll step in here, Ben. I I think he's got a little PJ Fleck in him. I think it's a little um, bit hokey. I think I mean, it's a little bit a little bit I mean, on the uh, a little bit on the. Fo- I mean, he's at least he's produced though, so it's worked for him. But he just seems like. I, and again, I'm not getting on the the watering the bamboo thing, but I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, cliche cl- just never really did it for me. I, I understand this coming from Iowa State, and we've trusted the process now for six years. But I I, I mean I think. I think Dabo kind of appeals to the least common denominator, but he has been very successful. So this reminds me, I, I shared this in a podcast. The reason his name is Dabo, his actual, his his full name at Chris, this kind of reminds me of your name. His actual full name is William Christopher Swinney, but he has an older brother that referred to him as that boy and that boy for like a, an infant turned into Dabo. And so thus Dabo Swinney is born, but. I think I'm going to call him William Christopher Swinney the rest of the week. <laughs> I dare you to do that at his press conference. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, <laughs> apparently he loves press conferences, so he might enjoy it. I, it really is. You like, won't get a word in edgewise. No, you got. A, I I got a lot of insight as to his coordinator hires uh, through this. He because he kept talking about him. Bruns, did does Dabo appeal to you? Tell you what, I I think. Um, Nick Saban is to me the the you know the the gold standard in uh, college coaching and you know the ability to just reload uh, and and 
get excellence out of everybody involved. And I think, uh, but he's so unrelatable in so many ways, you know, and uh, I think the piece that Dabo Sweeney brings to the table is a sense of, of that same ability to uh, drive toward excellence at the highest level, but uh, also be relatable to people and, and especially young people. And I think that's why Clemson has been able to break through and beat, you know, um, Dabo's alma mater uh, and, and the greatest uh, head football coach in, in college football history. Um, and, and there's nothing lovable about Nick Saban, but I, I think, you know, after a season um, like the one that Iowa State's been through, you can see just how, how meticulous you have to be in order to reach the pinnacle and they do it time and time again, right? I mean, just lethal uh, the, the way they uh, play football at Alabama. So I have a lot of respect for Dabo. Um, you know, I think he says some stupid things sometimes, but don't we all? Right? <laughs> Amen to that. All right. Um, we'll get into the game. First of all, um, just games in general. Brees Hall not playing. I, I wanted to get your insight on this, Ben. Just the difference in bowl games compared to when you played right like and i be really clear here i don't blame Brees hall i think he's probably doing the right thing like i'm not i will say this though we are teetering a line in this sport where it's like how do we expect um you know all these fans to spend all their harder like if it's truly just an exhibition i mean we've got games this game actually is pretty straightforward i think compared to a lot of them oklahoma and Oregon, we don't even know who's coaching these games other than Bob <laughs> Stoops, but I don't know who's playing yeah. in half these games. Um, I think that the bowl season is really, really becoming a um, – it's running a risk of being irrelevant um, if it's not in the playoff. I mean, we've got guys skipping the year six games. What do you, what do you think, Bruns? What's the, what do we do here? I don't even know if last, you know. Last year, last year was really hard, right? Last year, I think, changed the dynamic of all this stuff because fans were – at these games, they weren't in the seasons. And, you know, I think the whole, um, the whole nature of college football is changing dramatically. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about Brees and what, what I would do if I was in his uh, spot. And, you know, the reality is, if we talk about, I, I go back a long way, um, you know, uh, Jamal Tinsley coming out early uh, and people were all over him. And, and, you know, you go to college to improve your life. I don't care who you are, what you're doing. You go to college to create a better future for yourself, whether you're an athlete, whether you're, uh, you know, um, just just there to uh, get a degree. That's what he's doing. And, um, you know, I think everybody in that locker room will respect that in a, in a very meaningful way. And I think guys will step up and they will create opportunities for, for uh, other guys, Jarrell Brock and, and others. But I do think it's hard because I, I think, um, you know, you want, uh, you, you want to show everybody your best stuff. And, man, this transfer portal st- it, stuff is as significant to me as, I mean, Aishim Young not being in the game is as critical, maybe not quite as, but close to yeah. as critical. I mean, neither number one for Iowa State is going to suit up in this game. And, you know, that part to me is the part that really um, makes it impossible 
to know what sort of outcome to expect in this thing. There's always a huge gap. And I think Iowa State has struggled uh, when there's been a big gap. Iowa State benefited from a short gap in the bowl season last year from the championship game to the game against Oregon uh, and was able to stay in rhythm and, and you know, execute offense at a high level uh, in that game. You know, what happens, um, you're almost starting the season again, and we know that's not much fun for us. So uh, I, I think how the game starts is going to be really critical. And, uh, you know, how the offense plays against a really good defense uh, is is uh, the question mark for me. Yeah, and I, I just think college football hasn't done itself any favors with how the schedule has fast-forwarded literally eight weeks because of signing day. Uh, they, yeah. they kind of did this whole situation themselves because when signing day moves from the, the first Tuesday of February to the second Tuesday of December, you've essentially moved the calendar up, and therefore that's why you saw all these coaches changes so quickly and the coordinator changes. Because if the goal is to recruit more players, you got to get your staff in place in order to get to that first signing day. Uh, and then I just think it just has led to this. Tra- and then the portal is is the portal is basically a secondary recruiting tactic now. I mean, it is You're, you fill your roster with high school guys for signing day, and then second to that is the portal. And so all this is happening so quickly. And Ben, I agree. I mean, I think why you didn't really see it much of an impact last year from Iowa State is you had you had nine days or ten days between the Big 12 championship game in the Fiesta Bowl and just kind of rolled along. When you give guys five weeks to reassess the future with the semester ending and with signing yeah. day coming in, I just think it, it allows some time to, for voices to get in and, and, and talk to them, good or bad, whatever you think yeah. of it. And so I just think it's the, the college football schedule has moved up enough that everything has sped up and the devaluing as well with the playoff. I mean, I remember, Ben, when you won the 2000 Inside.com Bowl, that was Iowa State's potentially biggest win ever at the time. Right. Uh, and now it's, you know, the Inside.com Bowl, which is now the, I guess I don't know what the, the correlation would be. It'd be similar to the Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah. It's, it's well, just, it was it's, the Copper Bowl back in the day, right? I mean, right. people knew it because of, of that. But, you know, the, the fact that every time you turn around, there's a new bowl sponsor and a new name of something, that doesn't help things either, right? You're <laughs> so, right. Uh, it just it just waters it down. Um, it, it doesn't water the bamboo, but it waters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the old Tangerine Bowl. What sounds more prestigious, Tangerine Bowl or the Cheez It Bowl? I mean, I used to watch the Tangerine Bowl on New Year's Day. I want to say when I was a kid. You know, let's talk about the portal for just a second, because Bloomy, you hit on something really important here, and and I go back to uh, my time at Iowa State. Uh, you know, heading into my senior season. Um, you know, I'd started a ton of games, uh, had established myself uh, as a reliable uh, person. We hadn't been successful, uh, you know, in on the field other than beating Iowa, which was easy back then. Um, but, you know, I, I um, sorry, I, I, I did. I, I played that. I played that as long Wait, as I could. Three, what, three, three, what, what you, three and one against those guys, Ben? Yeah, three, <laughs> three and one. Uh, all three games I started, we won. Um, My man. But but um, we recruited a junior college center when I was a senior. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, as a player, coaches are always trying to recruit over you, okay? And, and that's the job. And you don't, as a player, that seems so contrary to this relationship that we have, you know, as 
um, coach and player. They've invested in you. You've invested in them. And, and you know, I, I wonder if the transfer portal in uh, the fact that what you said about signing day moving up is influencing a lot of these guys to say, wow, okay, we just signed X, Y, and Z in these spots. Um, you know, the writing's on the wall. And I think Matt is really candid with guys about where you're going to fit in this in the future. Um, but I also think there's guys that have people chirping in their ears and, and, you know, there's a whole secondary agency market that has sprung up. That's really toxic in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, I'm not close to it. Thank God. Um, you know, I'm really glad nobody was uh, putting putting clips of me on, uh, you know, TikTok when I was, uh, you know, running around town. Um, so it's a different world and kids deal with a lot more than they ever have. Man. Just think about that TikTok while we were in college. That would have been a bad situation. <laughs> is it, um, are we in the metaverse right now, guys? Are, are, are we there? I mean, right. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. You're Zuckerberg. Chris, we would just been at uh, Welch Avenue Station. Let's go. Yeah, we, like, we, we, like we, we, yeah. we were dorks. Okay. We're just getting yeah. Those $6 pitchers at Welch Ave with the, the, the legendary crowd there. All right, I got, I got hammered. I got hammered because one of my buddies uh, made a joke uh, about about you know the I don't remember which band was in Hilton, but they were awesome, right? And and one of my buddies made a joke, and and I laughed, and it was on the message boards like, hey, uh, and Ben Bruns laughed, and I'm like, wow, oh you know? um, yeah. So you know, I, I would not fare well uh, in today's day and age, but all is well. All right, so I won't I won't lie, I'm. I'm pretty concerned about a specific matchup in this game, Ben, and I wanted to get your um, approach to it because I, I have a couple ways of looking at it. So, I mean, you talk about seeing an elite defensive front. Iowa State saw one late in the season against Oklahoma. Yes. And it did not go well. Um, yes. You know, Brock would – and then there's a lot that goes into it. Receivers getting open, Brock taking a while to identify whatever. Yep, yep. My amateur football, I saw a guy getting the football and he's getting, you know, there's somebody in his face in a second. Uh, yep. About every damn time he would take a snap. Yep. Um, and we had a difference of agreement or a difference of opinion on this, right? Because, yes, you know, you're, you're saying he's got no choices. And I'm saying, uh, watch what Hunter Duckers does when he walks in the game. And, and it's man coverage on the outside. Everybody knows it, right? There's pressure coming. And, and Hunter Deckers takes one step and throws it over the top into a one-on-one -on -one matchup. It doesn't matter what it is, right? He just was like, I got no choice. This is what's coming. I got to – because that's that's the only play that's out there. And and my point in all of that is, you know, Daryl Simmons and – and uh, Daryl Simmons is a really good football player, by the way, has had a great career at guard. But, you know, Perrion Winfrey was the man on the field that day. The man. And so, like, he was not going to be denied. It didn't matter who he was matched up against. Um, and, and you know, you think about um, uh, Asamoah, too. I mean, it, that speed from the edge. Uh, Iowa State has a couple guys that are really good football players at tackle, but they're also not rangy guys. They're big, they're big guard-type bodies. And, uh, you know, when you get a lot of speed, like Clemson will bring in this game on the edge, that's a problem. Um, but what Clemson doesn't have that OU had is a couple of pass rushing D, D tackles that just eat your lunch. 
And, and I think, you know, I was a little critical in that game. I, I believe that Iowa State's offensive line could have been configured a little bit differently, right? You bring someone like Jake Remsburg, if he's healthy, into the game, uh, gives you some more range on the outside, and you, you move uh, somebody like Derek Schweiger, who I think is the best offensive lineman that Iowa State has, into, into that guard spot, and you have a better chance of taking on um, uh, Winfrey. But, you know, that's water under the bridge, right? And that's stuff that you have to game plan for. The nice part about this Clemson defense, as good as they are, they match up better for Iowa State. They match up more like Baylor uh, than – in fact, like, you know what they really remind me of defensively is Memphis uh, in 2017. That's kind of what they look like. They're a little smaller. They're fast. Um, you know, their DNs uh, are, are good players. Number three is a stud, uh, you know, 265, 6'3 guy. Uh, he can he can play the run in the pass, but um, you know I, I I don't think this is the same situation that we had against OU. But that I also makes me feel better. I, I, but I also think you know that that's emblematic of sometimes there's nothing you can do when when the pressure's on and you just have to make the throw that's really uncomfortable to you in the one-on-one matchup where maybe it's Sean Shaw out on the sideline and you know he's not your guy that you go to all the time. You'd like to throw it to Charlie Kohler. Um, but that's not what you're getting, right? You're you're getting um, you're getting press man on the outside, or or, or uh, uh, something that as soon as the safeties are anywhere near the box, and you got man coverage on the outside, at this level you have got to throw whatever the route is out on the edges. And I think that's the piece that when you saw Deckers come in the game, he did really well. And I think Brock tried to hold it and and go to. Uh, places that he's trusted over the years to great success and and then make plays with his feet. And uh, he took hits for it. And, you know, uh, both of those guys had success in the game as the game went on. But, man, did Brock take some big hits. So with without Brees Hall, because you just made me feel a little bit better about how Iowa State will match up with them, how does Brees not being there um, – I mean, because I, I think Jirel's a – fine running back, but he's not going to put the fear of God into a defense like Breeswood going into this game. How? What does Iowa State have to do um, maybe play calling schematically differently without Brees, or do you not change anything at all? Well, I think I think another question that complements that one, and I'm sorry to not answer yours, but uh, to just ask another one that stacks on top of it, Who's you know what's this going to look like for them uh, from a defensive approach? You know, Venables is a, a really aggressive uh, mindset, and um, and you can watch an entire season, multiple seasons of what Brett Venables is going to do in a certain uh, situation, right? Regardless of personnel, this is how he's going to approach things. Iowa State does not have that advantage coming to this game. I think one of the things that the Cyclones have done really well over the years is make adjustments at halftime offensively. Um, but we've also started really slow offensively. And I think the key to this game is to not put the ball on the ground and do something silly on the front end, play great special teams and field position until you start to figure out what's coming at you. Um, but you also have to continue to do what you do, which is, you know, if you're, if our offensive line goes out and, and opens creases, it, it doesn't matter. If, if there's a run threat from um, – from Brock Purdy, it doesn't matter because now all of a sudden the, the defense has to defend more of the field. Um, I think it's really critical how much Brock Purdy is a threat to run the football 
we've talked about that. Bloomy, you got tired of me saying that on our broadcast for years, right? You, you were like, thank God I don't have that guy on the sideline anymore saying, just just, just run, you know, we, we got to – it's the equalizing factor, right? At, I mean, it was like a concept for Ben. Run the read, run the read. Brock's got to keep it. Actually, you know, keep I, it on the read. Keep it on the read. Yeah, keep it. Um, I think the interesting thing – so Clemson promoted both of both coordinators now. So they lost both coordinators, but they promoted from within. So I think this is interesting. And so that those guys are be, go, going to be calling the plays. Uh, the new defensive coordinator is a younger guy, 36-year-old guy named Wes Goodwin, who's been on staff, also has been in the NFL – but he kind of he talked to the media this week and he basically said, I'm coming, you know, we're going to be aggressive. So I would anticipate a couple things. One in the bowl game, you usually just kind of let it all hang out anyway. I think this Goodwin guy is going to want to make an impression by being that aggressive defense. You don't take a new job in a bowl game. You just sit back and let somebody come to you. So I'd anticipate I was going to see the kitchen sink from Clemson and how it holds up will define this game. And so, I mean, I think for Iowa State, I think it's going to be hard to run the ball. Uh, just in general against these guys, but yep. Brock Purdy has to be great. I mean, 15 has got to be great for Iowa State to win this game and then trying to find somebody that can get open on the outside. And you obviously, you know, had some issues there this year, but, uh, you know, obviously it's ability to throw the ball. And when Clemson's been susceptible, it's been through the air. And you saw both Pittsburgh and, and Wake Forest uh, get them for a bunch of yardage that way. So I, I think obviously he's going to have to throw the ball with Purdy and hopefully he's not under pressure like that picture right there. All game long. <laughs> That's what so I remember from Oklahoma. Optimal, <laughs> athletic, but suboptimal. Not not great to be perpendicular to the ground. I wouldn't even know what that means. Yeah. Okay. So from an offensive standpoint, Ben, like what Bloom just talked about, we we know it's going to be tough to run it. I mean, what talking about letting it all hang out in a bowl game? What are the chances we see Iowa State throw it fifty times in this one? No, I don't. I wouldn't like it, but like I could see it though, knowing what we know with Brees being out. What do you think? I mean, what 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 Bloomy just described is what OU did to to Iowa State, right? And and why would you not look at that tape and say this is what we're going to do? Because you know, Brock Purdy didn't take one step and immediately throw it, you know, up for grabs on the sideline, right? To to force the issue. And, you know, that's not a high percentage throw by any stretch of the imagination. Sometimes it gets picked off. Sometimes, uh, you know, rarely is it completed. But you do that three plays in a row, and you're probably going to get a flag for pass interference, right? Because that's just how yeah. the game – that's what that guy's in. He's in, he's on an eye. That's why every NFL coordinator out there, doesn't matter what the matchup is, when they got that, that's what they're going to do. And so, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a question mark – does Iowa State have the discipline to stay in that sort of a mentality and go 50-50 ball after 50-50 ball out on the edges? And will Clemson adjust then? And, and you know, what does that do for a Charlie Kohler opening up things uh, under the middle? Uh, and, and let's hope to God that Charlie plays in this game because he's another guy. We have, nobody's talked about this that I've seen, um, but he's another guy that has a lot riding on this thing both ways. And, you know, um, the last thing that Charlie Kohler would want to do is get hurt in this game. And, you know, I mean, uh, you also want to go play, right? Um, I think Chase Allen is an X factor for Iowa State in this game. I think, uh, you know, he, and he has been all season long. I can't tell you how much uh, respect I have for, for that young guy uh, just 
going out and bashing people and, and getting open and making things happen. You know, like Dylan Sainer the year before and um, Russ has been really good this, this year as well, um, making things happen. Uh, Iowa State has a really intriguing offensive approach. And, and what, I, what I say, uh, what I mean is most teams when they line up, and, I, and these days I have the advantage of watching uh, Packers games a lot from the end zone, kind of up high, which is, which is an angle that I love, as, as you cool, guys know. Cool. Back there, back there. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you get a chance to see where everybody aligns. And, and uh, the last game I was at, um, not one time did the Packers not attack where the bubble in the defense was based on how the alignment was. Whether they were running the football or they were, or they were throwing it, play action, all the stuff that they did attacked that spot in the defense where there was a natural void where you had advantages from a leverage perspective every time. The Bears four times in that game attacked – uh, spots other than the places where they had a bubble, they turned it over twice on those four on those four attempts. Iowa State regularly attacks parts of a defense that aren't the bubble, and they do it with numbers and with uh, scraping guys and with you know uh, br- bringing people in motion and trying to pin uh, and create a numbers advantage uh, at the point of attack. And so um, you know that goes against a lot of the. Uh, tendencies in football these days. Um, and at times it's hard to watch. You, you're sort of like, your eyes are bleeding. You're like, it's a little bit like a, an option game. You're like, how is it possible that worked? You know? Um, but it does because uh, there's enough guys in the right spots and and it just, defenses aren't used to seeing it. And so I think um, what Clemson does against that, this is a little bit smaller defensive front, a lot like Memphis was in 2017. And can you wear on them a little bit? Do you have the patience to do that while you're also willing to go throw those balls out here if the safeties are down in the box? Ben, you hit on something exactly. And I think, you know, what Iowa State did to Oregon last year is, and it takes teams back a little bit. Iowa State is so physical with those tight ends. It's just not something that teams see ordinarily. And I think you could get into this impression, well, it didn't work really against OU or some of these teams in the Big 12, but they are used to the style Iowa State brings. And when Iowa State approaches, when you when you have Allen and Russ and, and Kohler, although Kohler's not as physical as those other two, it's different for teams. And so, and, the, and then the other part of that I wanted to mention, you look at Clemson's rushing a lot, rushing defense numbers, you go, oh my gosh, there's no way Iowa State's going to be able to move them at all, especially without Brees Hall and with Jairo Brock and then those freshmen. However, they're a little inflated, so they got to play Connecticut on uh, November 13th, and Connecticut ran for negative 17 rushing yards. So that's going to skew. Awful. Yeah, they're going to skew their the run. Now they've been good. Now don't get me wrong, Clemson's got some guys, but Ben, I, I agree to a point. Iowa State can't just abandon what it's been for the last three years and not be physical because the question I think for for Clemson is, do they want do they want that fight? Oregon didn't want that fight. I mean, clearly, right. Iowa State, I, Iowa State, and Ben, you were field level for that game. Iowa State wore them down. It was one of my favorite anecdotes from that from that game. We were we were celebrating with the team after the game. And one of the players said, you know, they were chirping a lot in the first half, but the second half it was dead quiet. You know, <laughs> essentially Iowa State just wore them down. And I think it's different when you play the Big 12 when they're used to that. When you yep. play this other team from the ACC, I'm not saying the ACC is soft. Clemson's played in big-time games before. They've been in physical games. But I'm just curious, you know, if they're going to have their hard hat on to take it 
and Iowa State's going to bring the fight to them. And, and how do the, how does Clemson respond? So I don't think you can just throw it 45 games right out of the gate. I think you got to approach and see if Clemson's ready for that physical style. And if if it is, then you have to adjust. But I still think you can give Jirel Brock a chance here, and even those young freshmen to see Iowa State can if they can move them up front. There's Who's no need guy? to do anything else. A little guy. He's going to get. He's going to get some run. Silas. Yeah, Silas. Yeah. He's so, going to get some run. So the other I guarantee part. It. That, so those guys have each played four games, right? So Silas and Sanders have each played four mm-hmm. games. You've got the redshirt rule now. I do not believe, and I don't know for a fact, I don't think Iowa State's going to take that really into consideration. Um, if you can play these guys and beat Clemson, I think that probably matters more than potentially burning a redshirt. We talked about it earlier in the show with the portal, with the way the roster movement is anyway. Having guys for five years is, is especially at the like positions. Like, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's just not. It's not what it is anymore. So yeah. I don't think you have to worry about it as much. Okay, let's go to the other side of this. Um, I didn't realize how terrible Clemson's offense was this year <laughs> until, like the honestly, like really, really bad. Like they're Uyanga Lele, uh, DJ Uyangi Lele. Uh, was bait, like a Heisman contender. Yeah, preseason Heisman guy. Yeah, fifty-four uh, percent completion percentage this year. Uh, nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. I mean, they're really like, I mean, one hundred back in a lot of offensive statistics, which does make me, you know, like I'm still not convinced. Like Ben did a really good job of trying to sell me there. I'm. I still don't really like the matchup of the Iowa State's um, big guys against that front seven. But my point is, I mean, this is going to be a game because I I think Iowa State can shut down this Clemson defense. Now, the one part I wanted to ask you about, Ben, there's been so much made out of, well, and Matt Campbell even talked about it after this bowl matchup, that Clemson invited him and, you know, he went down and spent a bunch of time with Dabo and then the Clemson staff came up and hung out with John Haycock and they traded all this. Well, I mean, they're kind of running similar types of schemes on defense. How does that impact this game? Um, Because I I know like Iowa State's getting a little bit like they seem to perform better against this style compared to Iowa. Right, because they don't see Iowa very often. Does that? How, how do you think that impacts this game on both sides? I, I guess I would just start with uh, you know any team that is going to doggedly sit in the uh, cover two scheme of some kind uh, is is ultimately a frustration, and you know that's that's exactly what uh, you know Iowa State gets when they play Iowa. And the more compressed the field gets, the harder it gets to go do anything, right? And those safeties are so well coached about what to go do. Uh, when when the Where's the quarterback got an option to go based on what the route uh, tree looks like as soon as everybody lines up? And, you know, um, with, with the kind of uh, scheme that Iowa State runs, that Clemson runs, um, it's, it's still a zone scheme that forces you to be uh, super patient. Um, but there's there's holes in different levels of the defense uh, that that um, depending on your matchups you can exploit a little bit better. Um, but I think the piece that is the most dangerous about this Clemson team is I don't know that I've seen a lot of defenses that run at the linebacker level and, and you know that nickel uh, kind of position uh, as well as this Clemson defense does. 
And, you know, Iowa State does. Iowa State runs really well in that layer. Um, you think about Iowa State's linebackers and all the success they've had. They're not huge guys. Um, and, and yet they're able to both stop the run and, and cover. Um, but, you know, Brock Purdy sees this all the time. Uh, and, and, you know, so does, so does uh, Clemson's team. And, and I think um, the difference, a difference maker, uh, guys like uh, N.A., uh, you know, uh, Will, can really be difference makers in this game because I, I I don't have enough data set. I haven't watched Clemson enough to say how good that offensive line is, but I can tell you that the offensive line that won the national championship, it was obvious as soon as you saw them play, they're really good. And, and as I've watched Clemson play, I'm not sure how good this group is, right? They might be good. I guess we'll see when we line up, but um, you know, they're definitely not in that caliber that could go put it on Alabama. Right. And, and so, um, that's an area where Iowa state has had a real advantage over pretty much everybody all season long is the ability to rush the passer. Uh, and, and if John Heacock brings a little bit of pressure, which I expect him to do in this game, just a little bit, uh, in strategic spots, I think they'll get home. I, I do. And I think, um, there's some questionable decision making at uh, in, at quarterback at times for Clemson. They've turned it over some. Uh, you mentioned nine interceptions, um, but man, uh, Bo Collins, the wide receiver on the outside, freshman, is a stud, uh, and he will punish you if if you get into a 50-50 ball situation on the outside. Yeah, so they they are missing Justin Ross, who got hurt in November. He was uh, Clemson's leading receiver. He was a senior, so without Ross, which helps. And if you look at uh, the Clemson numbers, obviously, Chris, you, you hinted at it. They started, they struggled early, right? So they they ran for two yards against Georgia. And Georgia did that to pretty much everybody. Uh, but if you look at – Almost look, everybody. Yeah, except for Alabama, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but if, you, if you looked at the final two games when when Clemson was at its best and, you know, convincing wins over a, a top-10 Wake Forest team at the time, one by three touchdowns, and then they beat – they shut out South Carolina. And South Carolina made a bowl game. Chris, you know all about South Carolina. The Cox, baby. Yep. Love it. Uh, and but they ran for 6.2 yards per carry in both those games, guys. Over 330 against Wake Forest and 265 against an SEC defense in South Carolina. Point is, if Clemson can run the ball, it's going to be a long day. Yep. I, you know, and, and Iowa State has been pretty good against the run again. This year took a like a half step back than in years previous. But you know, Clemson's not a team. This isn't this isn't Deshaun, you know, Watson out there throwing the ball around or, or Lawrence. I mean. Uagalele, and I'm going to butcher that name ten times before the rest I didn't of the week. Uagalele, Uagalele, DJ. Uh, you know he's not he's not a guy that's just get, now he did it last year. I think that's why he got some pub. Is he threw for 400 plus against Notre Dame and had a couple of good games. But I don't know if they have the ability to just air it out against Iowa State. So Clemson's going to want to run the ball, and that's another matchup where you know any inside and Iowa State's ability. With the depth that's taken a hit in the linebacker spot, right? So, I mean, that's another question for Iowa State is who steps in there at the linebacker spot and at the safety. You want to bring a lot of fresh bodies in, but Iowa State's depth took a big hit with the portal. So, I think it's something to keep an eye on. If Clemson can run the ball and run for 200-plus, it's going to be a long a long night in Orlando. Well, I, I want to ask Ben about the Aishim Young deal because um, Bo Freiler, Jared Stansbury did some research on this for us because I was like, this it's just a weird – transfer thing i didn't really understand it and i have no idea i don't think this has anything to do with it um but 
Aishim's snap count really did deteriorate a little bit as the season ended. Like he was only getting like 65, 70% of the snaps as Freiler had really started to sneak in there. What have you seen from him? Because, um, I mean, clearly he was getting more run for a reason. How do you think that impacts this game? I think it's a big impact. I really do. Now, uh, Ashim's a guy that, uh, you know, seemingly every game should probably get, uh, you know, a targeting penalty. But, um, and and after watching our game with OU, uh, clearly that, you know, can can get flip-flop pretty hard. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, so when, when did or get forgotten in the English language? Right. The rule is there's an or in the rule about what happens when you target and everybody's sort of like, oh, he didn't hit him with the crown of his helmet. No, he hit him in his head or neck. Right. That's that's part of the rule. So yeah. you get you got to you got to judge it the same way every way. Um, I really like Ashim Young. I think the I dude too. brings swagger. I think he brings, uh, you know, he brings uh, a really um, physical uh just, just a presence, right? And uh, Oregon felt it. I can tell you that. Um, so, you know, it, it's hard to say what that effect will be over time. I got to tell you guys, regardless of what happens in this bowl game, I'm really excited about next year's Iowa State team. And and, and I think one of the reasons why uh, Matt Campbell's here is because the challenge of next year's football team is so different than the challenge of this year's football team. And, and the opportunity is so different too, right? It's, it's all these new faces and all these, you know, um, guys who frankly were recruited as, as uh, higher level recruits than, than the guys that they're replacing that have been the, the most storied guys in Iowa state history at every position. And, um, you know, I, I think that represents an opportunity to to raise the bar in a way that um, none of us really appreciate yet, and it may take some time. We may be watering the bamboo, which, by the way, I think is kind of corny. I, I'll be honest, um, but we may be doing that next year. Uh, we may take some lumps. Uh, it would really be nice to put it on Texas one more time, and their and their overpaid offensive linemen. Um, what a bunch of crap. <laughs> I feel like we're watering the bamboo right now, though. Come on. I mean, couldn't Iowa State say the exact same thing, though, with all these guys out? Like, I mean, that, that, for this, that's right. Isn't that what bowl games are now? Like, if coordinators aren't there, half these teams don't even have coaches. All the best players are getting ready for the draft. Aren't we all watering the bamboo? I, I think this is super interesting for Iowa State. I mean, you look at the depth chart that came out today. And not only is no, not only did Aishim Young go to the portal, but so did Kamani King, who played a whole yeah, lot of snaps. A lot of, of snaps. Yeah, so. and, and played well. Like, yeah. here's, a young, here's a bright young guy. Yeah, good dude, too. Uh, but, again, but I think he saw the writing on the wall. And this staff really loves the safeties that are young. And they played some, but they got another guy coming who was in the 2D, but it, it kind of got me excited today. And Malik Verdon is his name. Kid out of Ohio. He's in the 2D. He's, got, he's the real deal. But not only is he good, but so is uh, McDonald. Played a lot of snaps and got better and better and better. Really, really yeah. a lot better. Yep. You mentioned Bo Freeler, Chris, who's who's. They think he's a stud. Miles Purchase played a lot of corner as the year went on. Yep. And so I think these bowl games kind of turn into that game zero for the next year, right? So you you are now building. You get those fifteen practices, 
see how those young guys develop. And then you lost all your depth at linebacker. Horn's gone. So is uh, Deshaun Davis. And so you had Hunter Zenzen as one of the linebackers now in the two deep. Those guys have to play. And so this is a this is I think this is why the staff really is excited for this game is yeah, you had some guys leave, but this is the this is the group that will prove why Matt Campbell can win no matter what. Like everyone's kind of put the pressure on him of okay, now with these guys out, what are you gonna do? Iowa State's recruited well enough. These guys, as Ben so eloquently put it, were were higher ranked recruits than the previous group. They really were. And you're I think you'll start to see that against Clemson. And so it's a big time show opportunity for these guys. What do you got? You know, not only this, no, I I would say like I was, I came into this. I was not enthusiastic (laughs) about a win. You guys are, you guys are talking me into the other corner. I like it, but, but like redefine, redefine what, what success is. Right. And I think that's, that's the process, right? That's the, and that's part of what pissed me off about the season. Let's be honest. Right. So, you know, like the process gets you to a place where you should be good enough to do something, right? That That's part of it. And the way Iowa State played at the beginning of some critical games was not good enough to win, to, to fulfill their destiny, right? Yeah. And then you see, that, you see that TCU game at the end of the year where it's like, okay, this is who we are, right? And, and this is who we knew we were. And it's frustrating for everybody, right? Charlie Kohler was super eloquent about it about the frustration of it. And, and none of us at home have any right to feel frustration in comparison to what those guys in the locker room feel or what those guys on the coaching staff feel. I can just tell you that, it, you know, um, it, we have nothing invested like they do. And so, you know, to imagine this season as uh, a seriously frustrating endeavor was no doubt true for them. And it relieves some of that uh, with the with the way they played against TCU and what they did in that game. I think is uh, really meaningful. And this this last game is meaningful too because let's face it, uh, Brock Purdy's last time in, in Iowa State uniform, um, Charlie Kohler's last time. I mean, you, you know, you like Senior Day was ridiculous, insane, right? Like. Stud, 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 star, stud, 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 star, stud. You know, it's like, wow. Um, and and so uh, the, those guys all get one more shot, right? They all and and um, you know, twenty eight won't be out there. Um, he's done a great honor to that number. You know, I, I was critical of that number, by the way, when uh, Brees, uh, you know, took it at the beginning of his career because of you know what it meant to me and and what I saw Troy doing it. Um, and you know, I think, uh, just what a great, what a great thing to have that, uh, number be absolutely phenomenal. Don't you uh, think for, they could retire the number now? I think, I really think it should happen. I mean, I, I mean, I know we don't do that, but I think that's a great point. Like there's no way that you could have more greatness in that number than no. what we've just experienced, right? Uh, between those two best players, three guys, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you put Darren in there too, but yeah, you know, Darren and Troy and and, um, and, and Brees. Um, so, you know, this is a legacy game in a lot of ways for a lot of guys. And, and you know, uh, that means something. They'll come out and they'll play, I think, great football. Um, but, you know, if you're Brock Purdy, you, you, you can't do too much either. Right. You got to step on that field. And as soon as you see a look where everybody's pressed everywhere and, you know, you're you're the call that you got to make is throw the 50 50 ball on the sideline. You got to do it. 
because uh, you could try and make some magic happen, but that's not what any probability chart any, anywhere says. And so, um, you know, I think what happens in those moments will be the key to the game uh, because maybe it's a pass interference call that just moves the chains, right? Um, that's all you need. You, you don't need a home run. And, and I think um, that discipline is winning in the margins. That discipline is, is what it takes to beat a nine and three Clemson team that the world forgot about. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But they're a nine and three Clemson team. Yeah. They've won seven of eight. Like they're not, <laughs> they're not limping into this one. Ben, thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it. We, uh, thanks, we miss man. hearing from you on the Cyclones. You're always got a home here. Cyclone appreciate fanatic. I, yeah. I tell you that every time I see you, but it's the fun, truth. Fun spend what is time with you. We'll just good, give good you drink, your good entire drink little, uh, good drink a little Cody Road because uh, you know uh, you got to do that. And uh, here's I'm bouncing back from a virus, but I actually brought this. This is my the yeah. Iowa stream eggnog. Getting ready yeah. to open this up tomorrow is the is the plan. So thanks to Ben Bruns as always. Love you, man. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate your time. You guys. All right, we'll hear from a couple of our uh, sponsors here real quick, and then. Uh, more preview. Dave Bartu is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes as well. Ever since Fairway opened its doors, we've been committed to developing relationships with the best local farmers. That's why 100% of Fairway meat is sourced from farming communities right here in the Midwest. Because nobody knows meat like we do. And nobody is better known for their meat than Fairway. It's a source of pride to source from the communities we live in and to help bring you, our neighbors, the highest quality meat for the lowest possible price. So my life gets crazy with Brooke and Blake and a husband that works 80 hours a day, I mean a week, and I decided to start my own business on top of it, which is insanely crazy. But thanks to the Iowa Clinic, they made it easy to see my doctor. And when I get there, she listens. So I feel like I have a partner. And before you know it, I can get back to my crazy, busy, insanely busy life where I have a busy business, busy husband, and busy twins. Oh, no, where's Brooke? There she is. Care how you want it. Visit iowaclinic.com. All right, welcome back. Cheese it Bowl. I just feel weird saying Cheese it Bowl. Like, I, I, I know. Yeah. I know. Why can't it be the Tangerine Bowl? There, presented did you by see Cheese the, it. The forklifts full of Cheese Its that oh. are being delivered for the bowl game. I guess I, there's worse things. Do you even I like Cheez-Its? Uh, they're fine. They're fine. My daughters would go crazy if they Yeah, do. I mean my kids my kids love the nips, the cheese it nips. <laughs> sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> they're boys, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, left it right on the tee for you, buddy. Yeah, I mean you just put it right up there to <laughs> knock it out of the yeah. park. But it's right. it's not so this was it was the tangerine bowl C dub, and then it was the uh, oh there, there it is there's the cheese the, the <laughs> high level well, production yeah well done Maddie Van Winkle but then it was the uh, champ sports bowl for a bit or whatever it was and it, then, uh, it was blockbuster as well yeah blockbuster so it it went from tangerine to blockbuster and it was still a New Year's Day bowl back then and then right. yeah champ sports, sports. Camping world, world and now and, and here we are. Ah, good for Cheesic. Uh, good Nabisco, for this. Uh, whoever. Uh, uh, anyways, we all love the nips um, here on the Cyclone Fanatic um, Cheese It Bowl preview show. Uh, Maddie Van Winkle producing, uh, doing a hell of a job. Let's uh, before we get to Dave Bartu, 
I, I think Matt has been pulling. I, I think I saw him starring some questions uh, that maybe we could take from some viewers as we are getting ready to uh, talk to Dave Bartu here. Um, okay, so this is from Brent in Kansas. I Okay, y'all can read it. Strategically, what can Iowa State do to adjust for not having Brees? Um, nobody said it better than Ben Bruns when he was with us and he laid out some good strategy. I, I just feel like here, um, I bloom. If, if we could look back at the year and if we could say like, where was like, where would be flawed going into the season? To me, I thought we would have this dominant type of offensive line that could just maul people. Now they got dinged up. Unfortunately, uh, there are other things involved, but like, it, that it just really wasn't ever the case. Uh, you know, Brees had a really good year. The line wasn't bad. We've seen much worse, but it wasn't this dominant force. And I just wonder, you know, you get a month to prepare for this. They probably were assuming Brees wouldn't be there. You know what you're facing with Clemson. The short passing game, I mean, Jirel's really good. I mean, he's probably a better receiving running back than Brees, perhaps. Brees is pretty good, but Jirel was constantly a third down type guy that you would put into that situation. I, I just wonder if we're not going to see any anticipation for that Clemson line to be able to penetrate Jirel being in there. If that quick passing game is, they're, they're, you know, if they're going to have some stuff like that. And I don't know how confident they're going to be in the receivers being able to get too open against this Clemson secondary either. What do you think? Great point. Uh, generally though, Iowa State's been pretty good coming off by games. It was just by weeks. And when yeah. they this when this staff gets time to prepare, yes, I mean you know, I think I think I think Tom Manning and, and 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 Haycock both are really good schematically if they get time to. I mean, I think what really helped Iowa State last year, if we're going to be honest, honest tower here, is they got that schedulers three games on, one week off, three games on. It kept them healthy, but it also allowed the time that the, where the staff is really good is in the preparation and understanding what you're trying to do to us and what we can do to you. And so I think Iowa State's plan is going to be really good. The qualifier here is you're not sure if these new Clemson coordinators will throw something else there that they're not used to. But I, they knew Brees wasn't going to play for a while here. So they've had a plan. They will they will match up with Jairo Brock's strengths and the rest of these guys that are available. So, you know, is that the edge passing game, Chris? I think that's a good option. Or, you know, they have something up, something else up their sleeves. Jairo, by the way, super physical back. And I'm excited yeah. for him to get his chance. I mean, he was he was recruited. He was a four-star as well, just like Brees was. Brees got on campus a little bit sooner, which gave him a head start. But I think Brock's got a chance to be a really good back at Iowa State in this I game and, then, and next year as well. But, yeah, we'll we'll see. The other thing to keep in mind, uh, Clemson's leading linebacker, one of its two leading linebackers, I should say, is out with, a, I believe, a hand injury for this game. So they'll have some a little bit of a depth problems at linebacker as well. So I, I do think. You know, Iowa State's still going to do what it does. They're going to try and run the ball, but there's always a couple of wrinkles. Look at Oklahoma game. It seemed like there was a trick play every series. Uh, that's what bowl games have. So I would yeah. anticipate Iowa State's going to throw a lot out there. I would totally agree with that. And I like John's question here about a few packages with Hunter Deckers to mix it up. I, I love that. I mean, I I don't see any reason why not. This is kind of a passing to the torch game anyways, Brent. Wouldn't it make sense? They're two yes. totally different quarterbacks. It would you make a lot of sense to me. You know, I say this, I don't mean to callous to be pert to, to per, be callous to Purdy here, but 
you don't have to worry about him and his his you know thought process anymore of like hurting like the Iowa game. I think the concern was, yeah. hey, if you bench him now, will that hurt him the rest of the year? This is it for Brock. So I think you bring in Deckers. I agree. So Ben Ben said it well. This is a legacy game for the seniors, but it's also a passing of the torch game of what are the, what can these young guys do? And this is the stepping stone from 2021 to what still could be a pretty fun year next year. And so see what these young guys can can do out there. All right. I see Dave Bartu's in the waiting room uh, real quick. I do want to, we're, we're going to have a tailgate outside of the cheese it bowl. We will not be serving cheese. It's I, I can promise you that this is, so our guy, Steve Bloom is organizing this. It's for charity. Uh, we are going to be at the um, gate. It's a, he says, look for a 40 foot telescoping flagpole near gate C at the southeast quarter of the stadium. He's going to have pulled pork, pulled chicken, um, mac and cheese, just a bunch of blue yummies, Irish cream, Cyclone Fanatic barrel pick, Cody Road, pop, water. You're not charging you, but we'll be taking donations, and we're going to be giving them uh, to Jeff Hall, who is a shop teacher, Oh, he just texted me. They will be serving Cheez-Its at the uh, at the tailgate, I guess. So uh, we got to stick with the brand. Uh, anyways, uh, this is, is a cool thing. So John Walling, Rory Walling's dad, came on with me and Ross. And there's a shop teacher at East High named Jeff who is going through a really rough time with some health stuff right now. So we're going to give all the proceeds from this to his family. So that is coming up in the, there's a forum post on Cyclone Fanatic and Steve would ask if you're going to come to go in there and RSVP just so they make sure that they have enough food. I was at this tailgate last time we did this at the then camping world bowl and it was a really fun time. It was, it was hell of a lot of fun. So Man, and St Steve is an, was a legend. Thank you, Steve, oh. for organizing that. What a, what an awesome guy. All right, uh, Maddie Van Winkle, real quick. Do we have any more breaks to get to, or you can just shake your head? Or are we good? We can do, do we one more if more? you want. We can do one more before we get to Dave. All right, we'll do one more, and then we're going to get back and come to Dave Bartu uh, to get his take on the game. The Red Tag event is going on all month long on all new and pre-owned vehicles at all of the Carl Auto Group locations. The Carl Auto Group now has more locations, more brands, and more inventory to serve more of Iowa. Being your dealer for life is not just a slogan. It's a proven experience that's just better. Online at carlauto.com. Your dealer for life, it's the car away. quite the jazz soundtrack to that centurion instead of i just got my uh stone fireplace uh put up uh perfect uh time for uh santa to come down the chimney so that's right roll. all right uh let's bring him on the man the myth the legend 
He is the Matrix. Is he wearing a Nebraska? What is that, Dave? Dude, I just got it in the mail from someone today. <laughs> so you thought you'd come on and troll our audience and wear a Nebraska shirt. Yeah, I get it. it it's got Husker Stitch in the back, too. It's totally badass. <laughs> That's fantastic. How you doing, my man? Oh, dude, I am doing great. I am doing great today. Um, we're ready to uh, totally geek out, nerd out on some numbers. I would love to. Well, oh, my God. Like, I, well, I mean, okay, this is Brent, by the way. Dave, Brent. D Brent Dave, Dave. I, I enjoy you on the radio in Des Moines. You're a legend here. Cool. Well, I'd, I'd like to uh, get out there sometime so I can get arrested, tased, and poured back onto a plane to come home and just make it a full bucket list trip. We can arrange take, that, yeah. I want to take Dave on RVTV sometime. Oh, that's my gosh. My, that's my goal is just, just haul him around in the back of a truck. You just fit right in. <laughs> I, I just like... Okay, like I know we have all this data. Right. That's what you do. Cause I the way I introduced you earlier in the in the program was like I doubt Dave's even watched a snap of Iowa State this year. I, and I don't I don't know if that's true, but yeah, you haven't. Okay. So we're cleansing. Like, <laughs> my okay, point exactly. With <laughs> coordinators being out, with the perhaps the best player in the history of Iowa State football, Brees Hall being out. Like, I mean, how much do we really know numbers-wise, like, with what you do going into this game? Right, right. I, I can go over all these numbers. And, well, I mean, look at look at, look at at one of the first ones, right? Um, the, the, the number one guy in all of college football um, in terms of usage on rushing downs is Brees Hall. 65.38% of all the rushes for Iowa State was Brees Hall. I mean – how the hell do you replace that? And just to kind of give you an idea of how many yards or how many carries that is, um, he's at 65%. Clemson's number one guy, Shipley, is at 31%. Kobe Pace is at 23%. They're at 54 and that's their top two guys. Then you add their quarterback in, that takes them to 74. So it takes their top three rushers um, that account for 70% of their rushes to exceed what Brees Hall has done this year, toting the rock and dude's not even playing. So right there, how do you even, how do you even quantify how this game could even turn out according to the numbers? Uh, but we can still talk about them because yeah. there's, you know, there, I, yeah. I don't know, you know me, I, I'm a nerd. So I, I, actually, I like the numbers. I actually thought Dave, when, no, I, and I'm glad you said that because, and I wanted to see what you thought about this. The line shifted two and a half, three points when Brees Hall backed out of the game. I, I didn't think that was enough. Well, but, I mean, who, who's anybody back out for Clemson? I mean, besides their offensive and defensive coordinator, they yeah, they, really. they had they have had two injuries, but no opt outs. Yeah, injuries. Oh, okay, you know, so um, you know, but their offensive coordinator is now at what Virginia. Their defensive coordinator is now at Oklahoma. I don't think those guys are even going to be, you know, uh, no, you know, be, be calling plays or anything, um, you know. And so uh, now on the flip side, if you've been watching some of the bowl games that we've had so far where a coordinator is missing, to me, one of the ways to when – you, when you're a boss, I think the best – 
way to tell how good of a boss you are is like when you go on vacation, when you're gone for one or two weeks and everything runs the same, nothing changes. You come back and your business is exactly the way you left it. That is a good leader. That is a good boss. And you'll notice with some of these bowl games where the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator is gone from the game, um, Western Kentucky, their guy's already at Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. That offense didn't miss a single beat. That is a well-coached offense. So when I look at these two teams, the one thing that I can pretty much unequivocally say about both Iowa State and Clemson is that they are well-coached on offense and defense. And if any of the coordinators are gone, I would expect those well-coached units to still perform at a high level. So, so I do believe now with Brees Hall being gone, <laughs> yeah. you can't replace that guy. I mean, what? It, it, he's got to be number one cyclone of all time at this point, right? Troy, I mean, Troy Davis. Troy Davis. Yeah. Would, I would argue just, for Troy Davis. But, I mean, okay. that's, 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 that's an a, Iowa State argument. That's a hot topic <laughs> over here right now, his, Dave, but I would yeah. be in the Brees camp, I think. So. Okay. How, about, how, about of his, how about of his generation, like the last 10, yes. 10 15 years? Absolutely. Okay. Because everybody, I, there's probably never one greatest guy, but there's like blocks of years, you know. Yeah, and so, I mean, he's he's been for for everybody under what, under the age of so, thirty, that the Cyclone fan is the number one guy. Yeah. So him or Purdy, the quarterback. But Dave, let me ask you this: the running yeah. back position, though, you know, mm -hmm. it's just kind of it seems like in the NFL, it's kind of plug and play. So when you look at your stuff, yeah, and obviously, obviously, Hall's a workhorse. We know that. I mean, sixty-five percent. I think Iowa State fans like. I'm surprised it wasn't ninety because it seems like he was on the field all the time. Yeah. But you know, what is the running back position, and how does that really impact? Because at the end of the day, a lot of I, Hall was great. I mean, we all know this, but you sometimes you're you're at the mercy of your offensive line and what time is available as well. So, you know, how much factor do you put into throwing somebody else in there for Hall, and and how that hurts Iowa State? I think that would be from from a local standpoint for you guys is yeah. how good is that guy behind him? Yeah. Right. How, how much do you believe now you, you can't simply replace him, but this is why everybody recruits well. Right. So the second guy, look, he's going to fall off. He may be as talented. He's just not as experienced. Now I don't think you compare college to the NFL from the standpoint of the NFL is all the greatest players. You know, uh, one guy in college can, with, with with NFL skill can change a football game single-handedly. We saw Cam Newton uh, win a national title with almost no other NFL players around him. So I, I think it's an apples to orange comparison when you're looking at NFL running backs versus college running backs. But when it comes down to a Brees Hall, my next question would be um, how good is the next guy? How, how good is Brock? Okay. How, how much speed does he, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at the next guy. So, so, um, Brock, he he only got six percent of the carries. Purdy got seventeen percent of the carries for for Iowa State, uh, and, and you know Silas and Sanders way down the list. I mean they got two percent each. Uh, so so nobody really got to carry the the football at all outside of Hall and Purdy pretty much all season. So you probably didn't really get a good look at who's going to be carrying the ball in this bowl. Yeah. It's kind of like the theme we were we were touching on this earlier before you came on. I, I guess Dabo's been talking about what well, he's watering the bamboo. I think it, it was yeah watering the bamboo, and that's what this game is because it's all building towards next year. I just kind of feel like that's what bowl games are becoming. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, like look at all the guys who don't want to play in them. I mean, half these teams don't even have coordinators. Hell, a fourth of them don't even have coaches. 
right? Like, it, I mean, but I, I would guess like if you're around the LSU program right now, they'd probably be feeding us with like, oh, they're trying to impress Brian Kelly and they, you know, right? Like uh, that's just kind of where my mindset's going with all these bowl games at this point. Right. And, and it may just be bowl game by bowl game, you know, because there's, there's nobody trying to impress a head coach at either one of these games. Um, you know, I don't know what the transfer portal looks like. How many guys are already gone? Not even just opting out of the bowl game, but hell, opting out of the whole program uh, entirely. So I, I think it's super hard to handicap uh, each and every bowl because, I mean, what's the motivation? Who's missing? Who's not missing? Who's going to step up? I mean, for, for all we know, Clemson or Iowa State may have a guy that just simply you give them the ball if, during the game and they just kill the other team. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't see it coming. You know, at the end, we'll go, oh, we, we, we knew he was good. We knew that was going to happen because he's really awesome, you know. So it, it, it's really hard to say what what's going to happen there. Um, I guess if I was a head coach and um, there wasn't much at stake, I would try to get as much as my 3 3D playing time as possible. Get everybody out there. Uh, I, I'm all for getting rid of the whatever the rule it is that says this year counts if you play in the bowl. Throw that crap out already. Let everybody get on the field. Maybe that would also help in the transfer portal. Maybe guys that got to see the field wouldn't be so apt to leave either. So I'm the whole burn your burn your season off of a bowl game. I, I think that's one thing that uh, without thinking too much about it, I think we could get rid of real quick. So what does Clemson look like in the numbers? Obviously drop off offensively from Trevor Lawrence, but uh, right. they, they won nine games still. And I mean, your talent level still is very high down in, uh, down in South Carolina. Yeah. Well, let's, let, let's see here. Um, let's look at a couple. We can look at, we can look at Clemson. Uh, what I was going to do, you want to, you want some Clemson behavior on, on first, second and third down? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's right. go do it. We were so geeks. Actually, I'll give you a Clemson and Iowa State behavior. This is this is kind of a window in some of the stuff that we do exclusively for our programs, uh, but at a much more detailed level, uh, down distance, left, right, where the ball is going. So, so for example, for Iowa State, on first down, um, the guy that is responsible for the most touches on first down plays uh, is Brees Hall. Okay, we know that. That's at 47, 47%. Uh, the next guy is Purdy. He's at 37%. Now, what's interesting is uh, on first down, the next guy up is Hutchison. Hmm. So if I'm Clemson on first down, uh, you know, if, if, if Brees was playing, so if, if, if this was a normal football game, uh, defensively, I am going to put a guy over the top of Hutchison on first down because if they don't run the ball with Purdy, which they do half the time, or with Hall half the time, Purdy's throwing it, and almost 40% of the time, he's throwing to Hutchison. Hmm. So, you, so you blanket him and force them to go to the next guy, which is way down the list, which is Milton uh, at 4% on first yeah, down. He transferred. <laughs> okay. so, so, that, that, so that guy isn't going to be there for Purdy on first down. Um, Deckers, see you around? He's a quarterback. So he's the backup oh, yeah, he's, quarterback. He's, he's a, sorry, he's a quarterback. <laughs> so, Noel, so Noel. Yeah, no. Yep, yep. No, no, that would make no, sense. No. Uh, this time of year, I could say Noel and get away with it. Um, <laughs> you can tell Kohler, how much I would think Kohler would be on that list maybe somewhere. 
Uh, yeah, he gets about two and a half percent. So oh, after shockingly low. Yeah, after Hutchison, right? After Hutchison, boom, it's a shotgun, right? But but the second guy he went to um, was Milton, and he's gone. So if I'm the Clemson defense, I you know, obviously on first down you're going to play the run, but I would play my defense that made Purdy get off of Hutchison and go to another read and try to make him uncomfortable because he doesn't like going to these other guys. He doesn't do it very much. And so if, if I can make an 18 to 22 year old uncomfortable in a college football game, I want him going to his second and third read. Now, when you go over to Clemson, what's amazing is their quarterback uh, is either running or passing on 48% of the first downs. It's more than Brees Hall. It, so you know that every other time on first down, DJ, yeah, DJ, Ugly. DJ, DJ, Ugly. Yeah. Yeah. DJ is, is, is either running for his life or, you know, throw, throwing the football or it's a designed run. Um, and, and so, but, but how they break it up on, on first down, uh, it's DJ, it's Shipley's getting 20%, uh, and pace is at 15. Uh, so right there, that's nearly 85% of all of Clemson first downs. Actually, 95%. Uh, their other their other backup running back, um, Phil Mafa Mafa something. Um, that's all. That that is every. So that you, you only have four guys for Clemson that have really touched the ball on first down. So defensively, you can look at that as well. So um, that's just something I, I guess. Is I the, could go, yeah. Is the Clemson defense the best unit on the field? I mean, is uh, yeah, it clear? is. It it, uh, it it most definitely is. Um, Clemson, boy, they. I'm looking at their advanced metrics, right? Performance metrics right now. Uh, their expected uh, points per possession, and this is expected based on their defense. They're tenth in the country. Iowa State is fifty fourth. Uh, play success rate, so. Better than four yards on first down, better than four yards on second down, and converting third downs. Iowa State uh, on offense, they're 54th in the country on successful plays. Clemson's defense is seventh. So just those numbers right there uh, definitely leans towards Clemson. Um, second level yards, getting past uh, the defensive line. Uh, and into the linebacker, into the secondary. Uh, Iowa State is 78th in the country at getting into the second-level yards. Clemson is 6th in the country at allowing it. Mm. Uh, open field sure. yard. Iowa is really good at getting the, getting the ball. I would say getting the ball into space and getting open field yards. They're one of the best teams in the country uh, at getting open field yards uh, and getting guys out in the space. Clemson is 15th in the country at defending it. Uh, so I, I think just looking at some of the numbers right off, uh, right off the top, because points per opportunity, uh, basically points per drive, Clemson is third, Iowa State is 45th. So I, we, can, we can do, you know, we can do a lot of these numbers. Um, actually, here's one that's really critical, okay? Uh, right. average, average field position start. Iowa State was third good. last year. 
Okay. Third last year in average field position start on offense. This year, they're 84th. Yeah. Clemson defense has the 16th best starting field position against their defense in college football. Field position is completely underrated, just like special teams. Hidden yards, fielding punts, kickoffs, all these little things. Um, so Clemson for the year has been very good at controlling field position. Uh, Iowa State's offense uh, is at, like I said, 84th. Now, if you go over and flip on the other side, uh, Iowa State's defense, average starting field position, 71st in the country. Clemson's offense, average starting field position, 23rd in the country. I mean, those, those two numbers right there for both teams almost tell the story of exactly how good these teams are at scoring or, or, or not allowing it. Um, so I think when it comes really, what it comes right down to when you start, what, what can be the difference for Iowa state? Um, they have to continue to get their players into space and get open field yards. Uh, I, I would really keep an eye on where their average field position start is for the season. Their average field position start was the 20, uh, 28 yard line rounded up was the 28 yard line. Um, for the Clemson defense, the average was the 25. And I know you say, oh, three yards, that doesn't mean that much. That's about 11% difference in scoring over a season. Those wow. three yards, three wow. yards, 11% difference in scoring or expected scoring. So field position is super critical um, in, in expected scoring on, on stuff. So Dave, um, I just I, I, yeah. I thought I'd let you know the stats you gave on first down for Iowa state have now got the, um, the fanatics are very upset with the play caller at this point. <laughs> Tom Manning is now on the hot seat because of the statistics you gave. Wanted to I'm let you know. Oh, now, now we, we can go total hot. We, you want to heat somebody up. If I, if I pulled up the numbers and started giving the career grades by unit coach, you want to do that? Well, yeah. bring it. I mean, I mean, why not? No. Actually, that stuff is um, my my uh, my is my that... business partner and myself. It took us. You got to pay almost, for that, okay? <laughs> yeah, but it took us almost seven years to get every coach, and I'm not talking head coach or coordinator. Every coach, ever I can tell you, every special teams coach in the FBS for the last 15 years. I can tell you who they worked under. I can tell you where they went to high school. I can tell you where they went to college. Everybody they played under. Uh, but I can also tell you their special teams grade or their running back grade. And I can tell you yeah. every guy they recruited. Everybody. There is not a single guy in college football that we can't grade and profile uh, for our clients. So while I'd love to go in it into it to piss everybody off <laughs> and, 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 and rank these guys, uh, we, don't, we don't need to start that fire right now. Well, you need. I know how much you've been anticipating this Missouri Army game. Um, so oh, we'll let, yeah, the Lockheed Martin um, Armed Forces Bowl. Oh, <laughs> thank you for your time. We're we're about out of time here. We appreciate it. Um, great insight as always. Merry Christmas, cool. brother. Hey, all this is kind of fun. I'll do this anytime. Well, you guys all want right. to. Well, maybe so, next year's uh, Cheese It Bowl will bring you back. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Dave. Do you want to hop on a? Oh, okay, he's gone. Um, oh, he's back. 
I, I was going to say, if you want to hop on a flight, we'll we'll hook you up with some Cheez-Its out there in Orlando. <laughs> Cheez-It cheese bath. That's what we need to see. We need to see. We need a Cheez-It bath tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. See you, All right, guys. Thank, Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Dave Bartu, College Football Matrix. One of the more entertaining human beings I've run across in my time uh, doing this. All right, Bloom, good show tonight. What do you have uh, for your closing thoughts, my friend? One, hard to follow up bar two. So yep. I don't even very true, very try. true. Uh, it sounds like he didn't like Iowa State's chances, although he didn't get a no. final prediction. But I, I, mean, I mean, does anybody surprised with the lack of field position and no. Brees Hall getting the ball a lot? Like this, these are things that it's just interesting the numbers reflect that. But I mean, the sixty-five percent thing, and then yeah, the the Hutchison thing was really. I would have thought like, and I, but it, it does make sense that that I mean Brock does kind of. And then on third down, he looks for Charlie a lot, right? I, I know, we were like, a lot of questions like, what was Cole? I'd be interested in Kohler's third down. I mean, it's got to be, you know, more than twenty five percent, I would assume. But I, I don't know. I, I think it's the the numbers won't tell everything. Again, bowl seasons just different nowadays. No and with without Hall, Clemson situation, two new coordinators, they're young. I would say it's got some young guys that they're looking to showcase as well. I think it's a great opportunity. I mean, at the end of the road. It wasn't the season we all wanted, but this would be a heck of a stamp on another great year in, in this ascension of Iowa State football. As we, as we always like to say on our podcast and this in general, uh, success is not a straight line. Oh, nope. And so I think this is a chance that this sets the table for the rest of the year. You've got all the cable stuff hopefully in the background now and focus on a football game and a win over Clemson, which is one, of the, top, one of the top three programs in college football right now. Uh, would be outstanding. So I can't wait for it. Ben's analysis helped me um, as far as comparing Oklahoma to Clemson as far as that front goes. That made me feel a little bit better about what we're getting into. Yes. I also think some of our commenters over here make a really good point without Brees. It's probably – it's everything will be less predictable because it's just kind of a crapshoot. And that that's kind of exciting too to go into this game. Thank well, you, and that, you know, and that's that's the great thing. It was like, yeah, Hall gets the ball forty-seven percent of first down, but now what is Iowa State going to do? <laughs> yeah, what nobody, are you going to do I'm, now? Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody has any idea. And I think, yeah. you know, I, you know, I, I, I probably, I think Manning's really good. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Tom. Manning. I like Tom Manning. I think I'm, I'm, I'm a big Tom Manning fan. I think you I give him, too. you give him four to five weeks to prepare for this defense, and obviously they got guys. Clemson's got guys. Always is going to have guys. But I, I'm excited to see what Iowa State throws out there. And a big a big game for him too. I mean, he's got he's had some chances to to go other places. He's decided to be loyal to Iowa State and Matt Campbell. And I'm excited to see what this offense looks like. But you know, Brock Purdy, legacy game for him. Just to think of what that guy's done at Iowa State. And obviously it'd be great to see Hall out there too. But this senior class, one last chance in Florida against one of the best programs in the nation. Fitting way for these guys to go out, and I hope they do it with a win. Uh, real quick, um, thanking all of our sponsors, Graphite Construction Group, Wild Rose Casino, and Jefferson Fairway, the Iowa Clinic, and, of course, Carl Chevrolet. Uh, I'll have some gambling stuff uh, from Bet Rivers in the next couple of days as far as betting this game, where the handles are, where the trends are, all that stuff. Jared and I, Jared's going to be going down to Orlando on Christmas Day. I will be getting down there late on the 26th. I believe uh, Matt Campbell's first availability will be on the 25th in the afternoon. 
Um, so yeah, we'll have complete coverage from down there. I'm, I'm looking forward to just from a sports writer standpoint, um, Brent, because I think there's a lot of interesting stories to tell about this team right now. And, and looking ahead to next year, like I know I've said it, like if you're in this business and you can't get excited about covering spring football this year, you're in the wrong business. Cause like, there's just a lot of questions and um, with the type of recruiting they've been doing, it's, it's exciting. So thank you, my friend. It's always a pleasure. We will have our, well, wait a minute. I don't know if we'll have a Sunday night pocket. We'll figure it out. I don't. Even, we'll I, I have no idea what day is. I is, it's Wednesday. Yeah, it is just yeah. Everybody well, we'll, knows what this time of year is like. We'll have a uh, we'll have a beverage of choice. It's unfortunately I don't have Cody Rowe down in in Orlando, but we maybe we'll bring some some of uh, this baby. You have to come over tomorrow. We can open this. See, you I don't like do egg. Knock? I don't do eggnog. Nope. Uh, it's, nope. It's because the white sauce thing, right? It's it. I still I'm not an eggnog guy. I can, love eggnog. Well, love it. That's probably makes a lot of sense for you. I would no, eat, I would drink I, it year round. One one good one good thing. Uh, you know I love TV ratings. Iowa State oh, Clemson. Yeah. Iowa State Clemson's the lone window at at four forty five on Wednesday the 29th. The ratings are going to be off the charts. So our buddy Stu Mandel. Yeah, and everybody is going can to tweet love at it. Mandel. Tweet yes. it at Mandel and tell him to send me my thank you. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. Um, somebody today, Mandel tweeted about the cancellation of Texas A&M not being able to play in the bowl game. Yeah. And some random person just responded to him. Thank Williams for the eggnog. <laughs> or thank, no, uh, for, thank for Williams for the, for the, for the whiskey, not the eggnog, but <laughs> you know awesome. what I mean. Outstanding. So, hey, we hope to see everybody down there though. Come say hello. We'll yeah, be hanging absolutely. out. And, uh, I think I'll, I don't know if you're going to go to the pep rally or not, but hopefully see some cyclones at that pep rally on Tuesday. Are night. you, are you leading the pep rally? I am not. We'll leave that to the Godfather. I'm going the to Godfather's be going to handle that. I I'm going to, no, no, no. I'm going to be consuming beverages like the, uh, like the rest of the crowd. Good for you. All right. Thanks brother. Appreciate right. it. Maddie Van Winkle. Thanks. Thank you for doing all the hard work here. We just come on here and talk. You got it guys. And, and you're off to California with the family, right? I'm off to California. I'll be watching. Actually, so the funny thing is we fly back the day of the game. It was terrible oh, time on my part. Awful. Awful. I know. I think actually I'll be – I think our layover might time out okay. So we'll see. You got to get on one of those flights with the uh, the cable television in it. You get ESPN that way. So. Yeah, that would be great. Cable? I don't know. I'm on Southwest, so we'll see. How do they Ooh, have cable? Dude, have you have you? I mean, the, the flights oh, now. If you get on the tablets, I mean, they got the live TV. Oh uh, yeah, I understand. I you know thought you meant like physically, like running. Cable. No, no, like, like I'm how saying, the like hell does that work? no, yeah. they got they got the content on demand now on these flights. We've, we've upgraded yeah. in the world. Yeah. Hey, well, very, any, any other any other year, I'd be down there with you guys with the alumni association, but Christmas is calling out, out west. So palm tree Christmas for the Van Winkles. That's right. I'm uh, <laughs> digging it. Anytime you take a kid on a plane, God bless oh, you. Man. So, all right. Wish me luck. Thanks, Matty. Right, Appreciate you, brother. Thanks to everybody for watching. We love doing these. We always get huge numbers from them. We'll put this on the podcast page uh, on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, and you'll be able to stream it. Um, you'll be able to <laughs> – people are getting a kick out of the cable plane thing. <laughs> I, I just I took it literally. You know like, what I mean. Come on, people. Yeah. Come no, on. I know what you You've got <laughs> – you understand cable television between the nips comment <laughs> with your boys <laughs> and then this it? get out of here we gotta end this thing. Merry Later. Christmas Love Love you guys. <laughs>